The fan is better when you're a part of it. Call us at 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount Plus. Obviously, the game's brutal. You don't want to hear this nonsense right now. But I'm watching the game, and you see on social media that uh, Kelsey is out there. uh, Jason Kelsey. I'm losing my mind. Jason Kelsey is out there pregame, out with the Bills fans at the tailgate, drinking out of a bowling ball, having a great old time. Then he's in the suite. Obviously, with Taylor Swift and the rest of the Kelsey clan and everybody else up there. He's got no shirt on. He's chugging Bud Light. He jumps down into the crowd. He's giving high fives to the Bills fans, chugs a beer, screams a little bit, jumps right back in the suite, which I have to tell you, for a guy who's 300 pounds or so, first of all, this guy has, has been in the mix for sexiest man of the sexiest man alive, right? He's he literally that guy that big, bar, big, broad-shouldered, chest-haired, big guy out there with no shirt on in the freezing cold is one of the sexiest people alive in 2023, uh, according to People Magazine. But I'm wondering how Bills fans like I know I saw Maggie Gray, obviously um, co-host of Maggie and Perloff on the morning in CBS side, who I've worked with. Uh, for a couple of different maturations of different shows. Uh, I saw her pissed off. Like, get the hell out of here. You're not a go find a I think she tweeted, go find a Kansas City tailgate. And I could imagine, like, you know, it's it's a little, you know, he's obviously the brother. And my he's obviously the brother of of Travis Kelsey. So he's rooting for the Chiefs. He's wearing a Chiefs hat when he's wearing no shirt uh out in the stands. Like, but like, could you live with that? Like, is it that big a deal? Like, because if I were there, I think I'd have fun with him. Like, obviously, it sounds like he's going to retire, although he hasn't yet. And he's having some fun. I thought it was I thought it was pretty cool. Now, I don't want to see it for two weeks. I'll be totally honest with you. And by the way, like, him and his, they do a, a very good podcast. They're funny. My wife, my wife doesn't, my wife hates football. Like, no joke, hates it. Hates, I, I wrote a whole song before, um, maybe one day I'll play it. I've never played it on air. There are a couple of risque lines. Obviously, there are a couple of beeps and uh, then a couple of even risque lines that I put in it. But um, I actually did a song, Football Sunday, to the Mamas and the Papas Monday, Monday. Monday Night Football actually used it a couple of years ago. I did this years ago. And I pretty much I, I did it for my wife, Sarah. She hates football. And I came up with this whole song I would sing every Sunday. She hates the idea that I can't do anything. I can't go anywhere. I'm locked in on the couch on Sundays. Now now it's even worse than ever because, you know, she wants me to do things with the kids. Nope. I got three televisions. All three are on TV, uh, on uh, football. She can't come in there and watch anything. Like, she she just despises football. And even her, who hates it, doesn't understand it, doesn't want to understand it. So I'm like, so now it's third and four. She's like, shut up. I don't care. I'm like, I'm just trying to. She has no interest in it whatsoever. Can't get enough of the Kelsey podcast. She loves it. She loves them. So I would think that it's pretty. I, I would think that we're all open to it. It sucks that they lost the game, but like, I wonder if you're a if you're a Bills fan, 
and you know he's rooting for the Chiefs. You know who his brother is. He jumps into the stand, starts screaming, or he shows up at your tailgate. I would think you welcome him with open arms. But I saw a lot of Bills fans, you know, showing uh, anger towards the idea that he would show up. You know what he's who's rooting for, but who cares? He's a celebrity. Right? Celebrity show up doesn't matter. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd's famously a Kansas City Chiefs fan, right? Kansas City Royals fans, Kansas City guy. If if the Giants were playing Paul Rudd, if the Giants were playing Paul Rudd, if the Giants were playing Kansas City in the Super Bowl, and next year in New Orleans, let's. And I was at a tailgate or a party or a bar, and it's all it's giant themed. It's nothing but giant fans in there. And Paul Rudd walks in with like a a Kansas City Chiefs jacket on, and he's like, "Hey, what are you guys doing? You mind if I drink with you?" Yeah. Paul Rudd's hanging out. Like, I don't give a damn. I'm hanging out with Paul Rudd. I have a million questions for Paul Rudd. A million. Like, where did you find the fountain of youth? And can you give it to me? But, like, I'm just saying, like, who cares? I'm trying to think of, like, uh, famous Boston Red. Like, even Ben Affleck or Matt Damon. Now, I know it's getting weird because they're not, you know, Kelsey, yeah, Chris Evans, he's he's a Red Sox fan too, right? They're all Boston. I saw the the SNL skit. You packed your car and have it yet? Um, but like, if Ben Affleck and I happen to like Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, I've no, you know, I don't love them or anything, but I like them. They're celebrities. Now it's not the same thing as Kelsey, but like, if it was Yankee Red Sox Game Seven ALCS, and I'm at Yankee Stadium and we're hanging out in the parking lot. And the two of them come if if the two of them come walking through in Red Sox hats and want to start a conversation. I'm asking Ben Affleck what it's like to be with Jennifer Lopez. That's just it's just gonna happen. I'm not gonna say get out of here, get out of here, you dirty Red Sox fan. I'm gonna ask him how what he thought while he was making Geely. 877-337-6666. So I also want to talk about the end of the Lions game. So obviously, the Lions start to pull away a little bit and go down the field. And with real no pressure, I mean, we don't have to get too much into the weeds of the game, but Todd Bowles, we went into this game talking on and on. I literally said it during the picks. I said, I can't believe this, but I'm going to pick the Bucks in this game because of Todd Bowles. Because of his relentless pressure and the relentless blitz that he throws at, at, at teams, I thought could stifle uh, Jared Goff, who struggles under the blitz and struggles under pressure. I have no idea if you watch the game. He threw a couple, but, I mean, there was hardly – he just didn't try and bring pressure at all the way he did last week. Like, not at all. Last week, now, Philadelphia didn't want to play. Philadelphia gave up. Philadelphia didn't give a damn. I don't know why. I'm not sure we'll ever know why. And it already said they're making changes, and it sounds like Wink Martindale might be an option for defensive coordinator for Philadelphia. Uh, shocking. Shocking. But, like, they, they, placed, they played an Eagles team that didn't want to play. And they were able to get tons of pressure on Hurts. And this game, I don't know why they didn't bring it, but they didn't. I, I just, I, I can't even wrap my mind around it. Offensively, they played well. Offensively, they still, you know, Baker was slinging it. 
But at the end of the game, they're down 31-17, 14 points. They go down the field. They get a big-time fourth down play. Uh, and they drive down the field, and they score a touchdown to Evans. Thank you very much. Help me cash a parlay. Hit Evans in the end zone. Makes it 31-23. And instead of kicking the extra point, they decide to go for two. And everybody, a lot of people, I saw a lot of people up in arms. Ralph Vacchiano's up in arms. Um, who else did I see up in arms? Um, I don't know if we're allowed to say his name anymore, but um, a lot of a lot of pundits. Gary Myers. All those guys just beside themselves. It makes no sense. You can't convince me. I don't understand it. Don't give me analytics. It's not it's not analytics. It's it's math and probability. It's simple. It's new age football. It's smart. If you just take a second to get out of your own way of being, you know, just old school thinking of just it doesn't make any sense. You kick the extra point, you kick the extra extra point, you tie the game, you score another touchdown. If you are down 14 points, if you score a touchdown, you go for two. Chris Collinsworth explained it perfectly. Since they moved the extra point back a couple years ago, it is no longer the 99% play it used to be. It's more like an 89-90% play. So the odds of making both extra points aren't as good, is not as good as it used to be. So that's the beginning of this new found notion of going for two. That's the that's when it first started to make sense to people. Because if you go for two, which they consider a 50-50 play, if you go for two and don't get it, the next touchdown you can still tie the game by going for two again. If you get the two-point conversion, and here's the biggest part where it freaking makes sense. If you go for two, you make it a six-point game, and you win the game with your next touchdown and extra point. It gives you an opportunity to win the football game. You don't do it the second touchdown because now it's like yeah, that's that's one play to win or lose the game. You do it early because in the first touchdown because it gives you the opportunity to try and tie the game later. Or you get the two-point conversion and you win. So when you put all the math together, the odds of making two extra points just to tie or the two extra the two point conversions where you actually give yourself a chance to win the football game with two touchdowns it's a no brainer it makes sense it's math and people get absolutely nuts about it cuz it's unconventional and it's just it's hard to wrap your mind around it makes perfect sense now should you run the same old stupid play that never works I, would you like to be more creative than just like, hey, Mike, run over there and we'll try and throw it to you? Like, yes, I'd like to be a little more creative than that play to, to Evans. But ultimately, going for two makes sense. And I can't, I just don't understand how many people are against it once it's explained to you. And I'd like to win the game. I'd like to give myself an opportunity to win the game. No, it doesn't end the game. You're still. You're still it's still a one score game with an opportunity to tie it. I, I just it boggles my mind how so many people get so upset about it. It's a, it makes perfect sense. It's the only thing that Todd Bowles did all day that made perfect sense.
He had a terrible game. And Baker Mayfield, and that's another question as we go through this, Baker Mayfield played well, right? Baker Mayfield threw for 349 yards, three touchdowns, and two interceptions, and obviously one's the end of the, end of the game where the, the linebacker reaches out and makes a play. He's, he's being rushed. He's a little careless and, and behind with the football over the middle of the field. It's picked off to end the game. But if you look at the correlation or the similarities between this season with Baker Mayfield and the Buccaneers and Jones, Daniel Jones and the Giants two years ago, there's a lot in common. And ultimately, it sounds like, if you listen to reports, it could end the same way for Baker Mayfield getting $40-plus million in a contract, which to me is asinine. I thought Baker Mayfield played well at times this year. Then he played pretty poorly at times. He beat an Eagles team that didn't want to be there and then threw for 350 yards against the Lions team when they had the lead with dominating the football game and have struggled. And if it wasn't for a couple of misplays by the Rams, might not even be in the game the way Stafford was picking them apart. Now, I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but here's the point. For anybody who believes the nonsense that the Giants are trying to sell you about believing in Daniel Jones. Do you think the Buccaneers honestly believe that Baker Mayfield is a quarterback worth $40 million or that Baker Mayfield is their only option to move forward? Because it's in the same position, right? They, they come into the season without any expectations. Baker Mayfield's first year, I know it wasn't Daniel Jones's first year, but both teams would have entered the season with no expectations. And they play a, you know, a nice season. They win nine games. They sneak into the playoffs. In the Buccaneers' case, uh, win a lousy division. They win a first-round playoff game. In the Giants' case, it's against a Minnesota team that was probably the worst 13-win team in, in arguably NFL history. And for the Bucs, they play a, a, a defending NFC championship a team that for whatever reason did not feel like playing football Monday night. And yet here they are and they say to themselves, well, geez, we have a pretty good team. We just made it to the playoffs. We won nine games. I mean, we're, we thought we'd have a bad team and a Baker Mayfield would be a one-year pit stop until we find our quarterback. But now we've made it to the playoffs I mean, maybe this team is better than we think. Maybe this defense is better than we think. Maybe we, if we still have Mike Evans, now they're going to have to go out and sign Mike Evans still and, and add to it. But it's like, hey, we're in a position where maybe in a lousy division because we don't see necessarily the Saints getting any better. They'll still have Carr. Right? The Falcons might get a lot better if they have Belichick as their head coach. But they have nowhere else to go. And the way he played this year, he's going to get a contract. So I think it's stupid, and I would not give Baker Mayfield $40 million, and I didn't want to give Daniel Jones $40 million. But if you look at Daniel Jones and you tell me that they, hey, listen, they paid him, they trust him, they had no choice but to give Daniel Jones a contract. And Baker Mayfield will get the same one where there's an out after a year or two because they are that's that's how it works. And Daniel Jones is coming off two injuries, and they are in a position to draft a quarterback. I'm telling you right now, the Giants, 
do not have the same level of confidence or faith in Daniel Jones that they are portraying. And they are eager, eager to get a new quarterback and move on from Daniel Jones. It's just a matter of if they can do it. And if not, and they can't tell you they will because I don't know if they can, if not, then they'll stick with Daniel Jones. But ultimately, Baker Mayfield, Daniel Jones, same thing. Same thing. Good enough to reach their ceiling of nine wins and a playoff win. That is the ceiling for Baker Mayfield. It's the ceiling for Daniel Jones. And as a Giant fan, I don't feel like signing up for that ceiling. 877-337-6666. Justin in Old Bridge. What's up, Justin? Hey, man. How you doing? I'm doing well, buddy. How are you? It says here you're a Lions fan. Congratulations. It, the last time I talked to you, you said if you want to talk Lions football, you want to sit down and have a cocktail with me. That's the last time I talked to you. Uh, you want to, I want to sit down and have a cocktail with you and talk Lions football? That, that's the last thing you said to me. Absolutely. Okay. I'm, I'm still open for it. I'm almost cursed. I'm sorry, man. Uh, listen, no. and with the way things are going, you're buying. So I'm, I'm still, I'm still okay with this. Uh, hey, uh, I, I feel the best weapon and and left in the playoffs. Fine, you got Mahomes, you got uh, Lamar, you got Zay Jones on Baltimore, all these players. I think the best weapon left in, in the playoffs is Jameer Gibbs. Um. The best weapon. I mean, I mean, besides, I mean, Lamar Jackson's a better weapon, um, and Patrick Mahomes. Dude, I mean, besides the quarterbacks, I'm just saying, like, as, as far as players that can wreck a game. I mean, Christian McCaffrey's got, a better player. Yeah, dude, I'll, I'll take Gibbs, man. I'll I think. Yeah, well, I, I listen. I understand you're playing in your first championship game since '91. We'll allow this. We'll allow this brief moment of of insanity. Gibbs is a hell of a player. And ultimately, I, mean, I heard he's Flavel, a rookie, man. He's I understand. I, yeah, but uh, but I can't I can't project what it, call me again in four years, and I'll tell you if he's better than McCaffrey right now. I'll, all, call, you, all, I'll, I'll call you in a couple months. Well, I'm just saying all, <laughs> all we could do right now is talk about the current player. He is currently a rookie, and he is yeah. not. He's not better than Christian, Christian McCaffrey. He's just not. I, I, but I, 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 I Christian McCaffrey, he scored two touchdowns in the game. He's a beast. He's he's he's. I he, think he, was better game Sunday. I'm telling you right now. Well, I mean, I that's. That's possible, I suppose. Um, I, I, I happen think to think gonna, I happen to think your your luck runs out, but I wish you the best. But I think Detroit's going to beat them, man. Yeah, I, I, I'm that, I, dream, I dream, Justin. There's no reason for you not to believe that the Lions can win this game. Good, you should, you should. Detroit, Detroit has the offense to give San Fran more lumps. Um. I don't, I, I, I'm, I'm going to feel. I, I kind of feel the same way I felt about the. Uh, Sam Laporta. Uh, yeah, Laporta. Laporta has the offense to give them lumps, man. Well, I, I guess. I mean, uh, you know, Green Bay kind of gave them lumps too. I, I think that was their scare. I think they're going to play much better this week than they did last week. I think they can get after the quarterback without having to blitz. They don't typically blitz that much. Um, the Niners. Uh, but they can get after you, and if you, you know, now going on, you know, you're gonna have to go on the road and play in San Francisco. You're not in the comfort of the dome. This team has played. This team, this Lions team, has played far, far better at home than it has on the road. It's almost like two different teams, and I just think this this 49ers defense is is probably too much for you. 
And I think the we're offense. We're not playing in Chicago. We're not playing in Green Bay. We're, we're playing in California, man. Oh, you're playing in Northern California. It can get cold and windy. It's not going to be 73 degrees and with without any wind. You know, I mean, Candlestick and and San Francisco historically. Yeah, I mean, the other, did you watch the game the other night? Who, who was, do you trust more, Goff or Purdy? Um, who do I trust Goff's more? Quarterback, man. I, I, Goff is more talented, and Goff may be the better quarterback. But who do I trust more? I trust, I trust to not make the mistake. I trust Purdy pretty much. I mean, he'll stay inside the system. And you want to talk about weapons? If you want to make the case that uh, that Gibbs is the best weapon, that's fine. Uh, and Laporte has been one hell of a player, and Amon St. Brown, uh, you know, is is a tremendous wide receiver as well. But I mean, it depends. If if Debo's in this game, you've got McCaffrey, you've got Debo, you've got Ayuk, you've got I mean, yeah. I mean, they're, they're... Jameson Williams, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you. And listen, I'm not trying to knock you. I don't want to do this right now, Justin. I don't want to. I don't want to break your heart here at 3:21. The day after you just you just clinched your first NFC Championship game since 1991. You want to dream? You want to believe? I am not crushing your spirit this morning. I'm just not. I don't have it in me. I don't want to. I don't want to do that to you. And uh, uh, yeah, and what the hell? And, and what the hell do I know anyway? I was oh, I was over four this week. It's 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 it's. I I did it to myself because I was getting all over. Uh, I was getting I was getting all over Marco for going three and three when me and Fleegs went four and two, and that's what I get. I got every stinking game wrong, but the only saving grace I had is I realized I'm an idiot, and that's a, that's my best quality. I realize I'm a moron. So Saturday's games went completely against everything I thought. And although I mean it's hard to say I didn't see the Ra- I didn't see the Ravens thing possible. I just thought they'd keep it close at the ha- at halftime. I thought I was a genius. And that didn't go so well in the second half. But the 49ers for sure, I was dead wrong. I thought the 49ers were going to steamroll them, absolutely steamroll. But so then I changed my tune and I bet against my picks. And thankfully I did. I did much better yesterday than I did on Saturday. The 49ers, I hit the 49ers every which way. The only saving grace I had is I down a touchdown. I did put a little money on the money line. So I got a little bit back hitting them uh, money line down seven, but still just absolutely brutal. I attached them to everything. I attached them to everything. Seriously, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I attached them to my birth certificate. My wedding, uh, my wedding certificate, like everything. I, I attached them to everything. I put them on the fridge. I, I, I attached the 49ers to everything. They ruined every bet I had. Oh, my God. They were, it was brutal. And love played, love played well. And for a while there, I mean, and everybody loved to do it. Everybody was giving you the, the Packers comparison to the, uh, the 2011 Giants or the t- 2007 Giants, this team that found their way into the playoffs, got hot, with a quarterback who's playing well in a defense and a run game. And they were for a while. And, I mean, I, they put a real scare into the 49ers. They put a real scare into – and Purdy played just hideous football. Whether it was with the glove early on, they took off the glove, he made mistakes, he, he was he was just – he was wildly inaccurate. But then he goes down the field and wins the game. And, you know, it's, it sounds like Debo's going to play. That's a, that's a big factor. If Debo's out – um the Lions have a much better chance in this game. But Fliegelman, I have to give it to him. Mike said it. He predicted it perfectly. He thought they would get the scare against Green Bay and then that they would, uh, you know, take care of whoever, whether it was uh, Tampa Bay or the Lions. And I tend to agree. I think that was, they didn't play well. I don't know for whatever reason. And Brock Purdy, it's it's been too long of a stretch. 
I don't know if I love Brock Purdy. I certainly don't think he's the caliber of quarterback. I mean, Goff has had his moments where he hasn't been very good. Does he have a stronger arm? Goff, yes. You know, if some if you told me, although because they have so many weapons, but like you know, I mean, if someone was going to throw for five hundred yards in the game, I'd probably say Goff. I don't know, maybe not yards after catch, whatever. I mean, Goff is the more talented thrower of the football. But in that system, with that coach and with the weapons he has, Brock Purdy's been good all year. I mean, the guy was an MVP up until they lost to the to the Ravens. So I, I just I don't see back to back games where he's that bad. I, I I'm nervous about him, and I don't think he's that great a quarterback. And certainly now I'm concerned if there's any weather issues. If it rains, he had real problems with that. Early on with the glove, he threw a terrible throw that should have been picked. Got away with it. Next series, he doesn't have the glove. He just he looked like he could not handle the rain at all. There was one sequence there in the late. Late in uh, late innings, late in the game, where mid drop back, he was rubbing his hands on his towel. He was t- he took the snap. He was dropping back. He had the football in his left hand. He was cleaning his fingers with his right, and then he went back to the ball. Like he just was, he couldn't figure it out. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Steve, how's what's, it going? Steve and Sharon, what's up, Steve? How are you? Good. How are you, buddy? I was listening to you uh, talk about having Lamar with the, you know, like getting the trade for Lamar, and just listening with Brock. Like, I, I really think I love Lamar, but I honestly think he's a guy that needs the system of the Ravens. Uh, Raven. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think he can just go anywhere and pull a team up and make him make them oh. better. Yeah, I, I completely disagree with you. What system? What but system like, of the like, Ravens? Just, but like, what's it, the Ravens system? They they keep a great defense. He doesn't yeah. make mistakes, and he was allowed to. You know, he can run. Yeah, a little no, but bit. they don't have it. You, you, when the when you say system, he's not playing for McVay and the Rams. He's not playing for the Forty ers He's not playing for Andy Reid. There is no system. He's got a new offensive coordinator this year. There is no system of the Ravens. I mean, I I like I, I he can go anywhere. Brockford? Brock, Brock Purdy plays inside and, a system. Can, but that's what I'm saying. So I think the Ravens were able to coddle him enough to hold him, you know, to give him a chance to be. I, the talent is unbelievable. I'm not saying yeah. that. But I mean, like, I think a lot of different teams would have, like, kind of gave up on him because, he, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not sure he could. No, he, t- he, took over his, he took over the first year and led them to the playoffs. And I had a miserable playoff game. And but he was I, running the ball all over the place like a maniac. I mean, like yeah, and he rushed he for 100 yards forward. yesterday. I mean, he's you yeah, know that's what I mean, right? But, I mean, he only threw for, you. There was so many more quarterbacks threw for more yards, more yeah, but, touchdowns. Yeah, but you make it sound like they, that he's been a project that they've been able to nurture to get to this point. He won an MVP the first year he was a starter. He he took over halfway through the season in, in his first in his rookie year and took them to the playoffs. The next year he won the MVP. I mean, yeah, yeah, I understand what you're saying that he's he's become more of a thrower necessarily, but he's been a dynamic player. He oh, could yeah. go anywhere. I mean, like, he could go anywhere. He could play for anywhere. You honestly think if yes. the Giants had him yes. that you would win five more games? Yes. Well, I mean, five more games? Yeah, I mean, a lot more well, games, I mean, yes. Year, yeah. A this lot more year, games. Maybe. They'd be a playoff team. <laughs> I, think almost, I think almost anybody could have won more. I'm, yeah, I mean, I love, yes. I'm a Cowboys fan. I love Dak. 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you, I, they'd be better with they'd be better than, than they'd be better with Lamar Jackson than Dak. Oh, hundred. I, I honestly think that. Well, then what's your though, problem because, here? I'm very confused by no, what you mean. No, I don't mean. think so. I honestly don't think so because Dak Dak just makes bad decisions in big games and things like that. But I mean, when we're on top of it. Our defense is just not good enough in, in Dallas. That's all. I mean, really, we get ran. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, he also threw a side. pick six. He wasn't good in the game early on, and him and Lamb were just completely on two different pages, which couldn't didn't make sense. But no, make no mistake, Lamar Jackson is a incredible talent who would be the starting quarterback for almost you know every team this side of Kansas City, and uh yeah, I would take him on the Giants in a heartbeat. I referenced it earlier. That I wish they would have looked into it. So, I mean, he was out there to be had for a while. Now, I don't know how much they, uh, would the Ravens eventually stepped up and matched whatever contract that someone offered him. Probably. I don't know. But they, you could have inquired, and it seemed like nobody did. And the guy's going to win the MVP. They're the, they're an absolute machine right now. And look, we'll see what happens. Patrick Mahomes and, the, and, and, and Andy Reid and, and the Chiefs are a proven playoff performer, to say the least. So it's not going to be an easy game for for Baltimore, but man, Baltimore looks like a freaking runaway train. And he's incredible. And he doesn't play inside a system. Like that's the, he's not a system quarterback, he's a playmaking quarterback. His ability to run, his ability to throw, he's been much he's much better a passer than people give him credit for. Early on maybe not, but and and at sometimes early on in this year, I think he was out to prove it. And and would limit himself running, but now when the games matter, he's willing to run, and he's 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 got both. He's an incredible quarterback. He's the MVP, and he can play for anyone. Brock Purdy is in a system. Sean McVay has a system. Now, even Dak, I mean, you mentioned Dak, that's why I said it. But I mean, Dak Prescott's kind of in the, I don't view him as a, a game changing playmaking quarterback. He plays within the system. Lamar Jackson does not need to play. I mean, he, he doesn't do he doesn't venture outside the game plan necessarily or make stupid mistakes if that's what you mean. But he could, he could go play for anyone. Patrick Mahomes is not a system quarterback. Uh, we just saw Josh Allen. He's not a system quarterback. Lamar Jackson is not a system quarterback. Those guys are game changing, superstar, franchise changing, team elevating, playmaking quarterbacks. They don't play inside a system. Even if they play inside a system, they don't play inside a system. They are not system quarterbacks. Brock Purdy's a system quarterback. And you see when things go wrong or the weather's not right and he can't grip the ball. He, You think Patrick Mahomes is going to play like that if it rains? You think Josh Allen, a little bit of rain, is, is going to play like Brock, Brock Purdy did? He's not. That's the difference. That's the difference. Who else? Who else? Tua. How did Tua play in the elements? Same thing. They play precise passing attacks and precise uh, systems. And if the system is thrown off by an injury or if the system is thrown off by poor weather and winds or rain or things aren't perfect for them, then suddenly the system falls apart. And that's what you saw with Tua and that's what you've seen with Purdy. And that's what you saw with Dak. Pressure, you know, a couple of bad mistakes, defense not playing well, it feels like he needs to do too much, suddenly off throws the the system and he's not good. 
Those are, even if you're elite, like Dak is an elite system quarterback. Brock Purdy this year was an elite system quarterback, and so was Tua. Those guys are elite at it. That's not to knock them. It's not like saying they're, you know, Brad Johnson or they're, you know, some bum. They're very good quarterbacks, but they need it to all come together. Josh Allen will scramble for 10 seconds and then throw a 40-yard bomb, a 60-yard bomb. Patrick Mahomes will figure out a way to make it work. Those guys, they need to be on time with their wide receivers. Mike out in Florida. What's up, Mike? Hey, how you doing? Good. How are hey, you, that's a good. That's a good comparison. Uh, I guess you could put Burrow in that uh, yes. with Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, he's out of sight, out of mind a little bit. But, yes, Burrow is a, a game-changing yeah. player. Yep. Yeah, but what I disagree with you about is yeah. the, the two-point conversion. Yeah. Um, uh, I listened to your explanation on it, but um, I think the two-point conversion really is just beneficial when you're – like if you score and you're one point down to tie it – or if you if the difference between being up one point or two points, you get the two point, and you could go to three points because uh, it, it don't make a difference if you're up one or two points. Right, uh, what, and the same thing with being down. But why should you put yourself at a disadvantage? Like you're today's not. game, you're, you're putting you're, yourself at an advantage. Well, I think the disadvantage it's is not. when you when you go for two, yes. you can't. Uh, but you're dismissing the part that. What if you don't make it? Now that's the disadvantage. Now you, put, you're now you have a to make it. Put yourself down eight points, yes. and now the second touchdown, you have to make it. Now Correct. you have to go for two a second time. A second disadvantage. Well, Why not just play for the seven while you're not in any danger? You play for the seven, and mean, you get the seven the next time, and play for the overtime. I, I understand. Why would you have to take a chance? Because you know, again, again, do you want to? Because the math. The math, if you look at the percentage of what a two-point conversion is, how often they get two-point conversions with how often they hit extra points, again, the extra point I isn't a guarantee. I use your own words on that. You said you said that it used to be, before they moved it back, yeah. 99%, and now it's 90%. Yeah. Or, and then you said the two-point conversion is 50%. Yes. So what, why would you want to take two chances Because I can win the game versus- with two touchdowns. You're yeah, you're you disin- you're disin- you're not including the idea you can win the football game when you add in yeah, all the math at a much lower percentage mathematically at no. a much lower percentage you can no. win the game. It's, yeah, it, it, that's that's exactly yeah. what it is. See, you, you only have fifty percent right. chance to hit it. No, I, I yeah, but you, but the point I is mean, when you add on all the math and you take into the account you yeah. can win the football game. It hap- It changed yeah. the landscape of the playoffs. Tennessee did it no, against why Miami. Your mind change? Tennessee why did it against Miami. Change? They you won said the football that. game. Wait a second. Tennessee did no, no, against Miami. They the were score. down. I'm just talking in general. Yeah. I'm just talking in general. Because so I'm giving myself a chance to win the, the football time. game. You're right. There's no doubt about it. The odds of kicking two extra points are probably better than even getting one two-point conversion. But the odds oh, when you yeah, but when you mix it all in together and you get the opportunity to win the football game. You win the football game. If they get that two-point conversion, the next extra point wins you the football game. You can't discard that. Yeah, we've seen it. We've seen teams that. in the NFL. We've seen teams in the NFL. just go for two all the time? They that's, should. Yeah, that's I, the new way of doing it. We're seeing it. I'm telling no, you. I'm telling only you. a few coaches no, do that. Down only four, a few. Down 14. Right. Down 14 no. specifically. Late in the game, you go for two. We saw it against Tennessee, against Miami. They had that miracle comeback that changed the landscape of the playoffs. 
because it allowed the Buffalo Bills to win the division. Otherwise, Miami you, would have been the division winner. If you winner. get it, if you get it, there's yeah. No but if you don't, you still give yourself it. another opportunity the to get the two point conversion. Is to go for the. Is the no, kick. it's not. It's not. The mathematical play is to go for oh. the two point conversion. I don't know what school you went to. Fifty percent to ninety nine percent. Yeah, but I don't know what school you went to. One point winning the game is better than tying the game. Yeah, but that's not that's not. Then what, like what about said. no? Because then you take in the mathematical equation of going to overtime. You're not. You're not. You're not putting enough value on winning the football game. You can win the football game. You're not putting enough value on that. Yeah, but you can. You might never touch the ball in in, in overtime. You you can no, win the game know, right then and there. Like that. If you if you only if no, you they go down, score a touchdown, you lose. Right, all right, but still, it's it, the game is tied, and and you should get the ball at least once. Maybe you no, win you don't know that. I have a chance. You, I have a chance to win the football game. It's a much. It's the, the mathematics are in your favor. I doubt it. And you even said you should go for two. Start from right from the beginning of the game. All the no, time. No, no, that's not the same thing. You're not. Well, you just said that. No, I didn't. I, I no, and in the situation, you go for it when you're down fourteen points. That's when you go for it. not every two point conversion of the game. Uh, when you're down, when you're down when fourteen points, you, you should use it as a tool to to go up uh, three I points. Yes, up clearly seven that's points. clearly but, that's why you would use it. Yeah, to to go from five to six or to go from two to three. Right, no, right, question. Exactly, absolutely. Exactly. That's but, when you use the two point yeah, conversion. I, I just think you're putting yourself at a disadvantage. You're, but I'm trying to tell you, you're not. The These points. NFL teams uh, are too smart to do things that put them at disadvantages. It, There's a reason we why we they do it. But but you know what? If if uh, the majority, what would you say? The majority of overwhelming majority of the coaches in the NFL right now today, what do you think they would do? I think you're seeing more and more of them go for two. Ah, uh, you're trying to evade the answer because you know that more most of them, the majority. I just said the majority, yeah. overwhelming majority. I'll yeah, because they don't far. want to have to would answer kick. the questions at the they end of the game. Kick. Or but and these are the NFL coaches. Okay, uh, I don't know. Yeah, but the NFL, we just saw the NFL coach do it. We just saw an uh, NFL yes, coach do it in the playoffs. And we saw the Tennessee Titans coach do it, and he's one of the best coaches. Vrabel's one of the best coaches in the NFL. And we've seen it before. Going for two is the right decision. It gives you a chance to win it in regulation. In it, it, It's a no-brainer. Now that the the math is put back on the on the on the on on the onside on the extra points, I don't know what hitting both at ninety or hitting going one for one on a uh, only needing one of a fifty fifty. I'm not sure on the statistics on that. I would say it's probably better. I'd have to do the math. It's probably better odds to hit both extra points than it is to make one of two two point conversions. But the numbers have come down. Since moving it back, and plus you have an opportunity, you're not putting enough weight on winning the football game. What are the odds? The right? What are the odds you win the coin toss to start overtime? Fifty-fifty. You got to add that into it. I take. I want the opportunity. We've seen guys just straight up go for the Giants to start the year last year against Tennessee. You've seen teams just straight up go for the two point conversion to win games down one to win a game. Instead of playing for overtime. We've seen that time and time again. This is the same thing. You're just doing it to touchdown earlier. We've seen teams go for two to win a game and not go to overtime. 
You're taking that chance, but you're doing it just a touchdown earlier. You're st- you're not. If this was to make it a two score game, or you could risk making it a two score game, no doubt. You're still making it a one score game. You're still in the game. All it takes is one touchdown and a two point conversion. And if you get the two point conversion, you win it with an extra point. That's the part of the math that gentleman wasn't understanding. There is immense value in not having to score a third time to win. You don't have to score a third time to win. That's the value of it. That's the value of it. You're putting yourself, to, to be fair to him, you're putting, he said you're putting yourself at a disadvantage. You are, you're probably putting yourself at a slight disadvantage, but for the upside of winning the game on two scores. As opposed to having to score that third time. I'd rather just score twice and win. 877-337-6666. McMonagle here with you on the fan. Come back. Continue to take your phone calls. I'm telling you, that's the way to go. You, 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 you go for two. You go for two. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Santana into the windup. The payoff pitch on the way. Swung out and missed. Strike three. He's done it. Johan Santana has pitched a no-hitter. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the Free Odyssey app. All right, 347, McMahon, with you. All right, let's clear up a couple things, because I'm not immune from making mistakes. So I may, I, I forgot, and because we haven't seen it yet uh, in the postseason since, and I forgot. So that's on me. They did change the rule after the, the Chiefs-Kansas uh, City game, uh, Chiefs-Bills um, game a couple years ago, where in the, is it, I think, is it just in the playoffs, right? All right. Just in the playoffs. Just in the playoffs. Uh, it's not so, uh, even a touchdown. You Both teams are guaranteed to possess the ball. So a touchdown wouldn't end the game. Both teams are allowed to possess the ball, and then if they're tied after both possessions, then it's sudden death. So winning the toss and getting the ball first would still be a major benefit because if you score, they score, you get the ball, your next score is a, it would be a win. So you would still benefit from getting the coin toss. So that's a 50-50 proposition to go into overtime. So here, let's just do quick math. All right, this is simple math. I think the numbers are a little bit different like this, skewed in the – the numbers I'm going to give you, I think the numbers actually are skewed in the – in this of uh, are are actually more beneficial to the two point conversion than I'm going to give you right now, but let's just call it this a simple way to do math. Let's say getting the the two touchdowns. So this is a scenario: you're down 14 points. You need to score two touchdowns. You score the first touchdown. What do you do? If we're just saying that extra points are 100% guaranteed and fifth and 20 and two point conversions are 50 50. Now I'm pretty sure. Uh, this year and the last couple years, the extra points are way less than 100. It's more like 90. And I'm pretty sure two-point conversions are slightly above 50-50. So I actually think the numbers I'm going to give you actually skew towards the extra point more and that the actual numbers would benefit the two-point conversion a little bit more. But let's just call it extra points are 100, two-point conversions 50%. So if that's the case... If you score two touchdowns and you kick both extra points, you are guaranteed to go to overtime, 100% overtime. 
which the new rules would be, you both possess the ball, then it's sudden death. If you take the two point, the two conversions, you have a 50% chance to win the game in regulation, a 25% chance to lose the game, and a 25% chance to go to overtime. So I ask you, which one benefits you, right? You take out the idea of losing completely in overtime, in, in regulation with the kicks, but you have a 50% chance to win the game and a 25% chance to go to overtime. So three out of four times, three out of four times, you're guaranteed no worse than overtime, but you have a 50% chance to win it right there instead of taking your chances in overtime. I think that probably depends on how the game is played, what's happened towards the end of the game, how you feel about your team's chances in overtime. But I, I, the numbers are actually better better than that for the two-point conversion, but that's just a nice, easy number. And to me, the idea I could win the game 50% of the time, it depends on what you think. Worst-case scenario is on the table, where worst-case scenario is overtime, you got a 25% chance of worst-case scenario of losing the game in regulation. I love the idea of having a half... Half the time I win the game, and only a quarter of the time I lose it. And then I go to overtime, and it's a 50-50 proposition on who has the better advantage in overtime. So that's the pure, simple math. It's actually better than that for the two-point conversion slightly, but that's pretty much the gist of it. I think it makes more sense. I want the, I want the half a chance to win. Give me the 50% chance to win the game. At least that's what this uh, article says. I'm assuming the math is correct. <laughs> Gary in the Jersey Shore. What's up, Gary? Hey, Chris. How are you? Nice to speak with you again. Good, buddy. How are you? Hey, I was, I'm laughing because I, I, I was going to call to argue math with you uh, at first, but uh, your man Mike there uh, straightened me out. I think he got he got a little aggravated taking the calls of people who want to argue math with you. So. No, I have no problem <laughs> arguing math. It's 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 not necessarily arguing I, math. I get it. Let's clear up the math, but I, it's the idea of it's how you it's how you view it as a coach. Do I yeah, am I, I willing it. to risk twenty five percent chance to lose to get fifty percent chance to win? No, I, I think Bulls made the right call today, but he has got a couple of better plays. If you're gonna coach in this league, moving forward, you're gonna spend some time practicing two point conversions. Because you're right, it's going in that direction, I think. Uh, I want to talk about these quarterbacks a little bit. Uh, I mean, Josh Allen, a warrior, Mahomes finds a way every year. Uh, but what we're seeing in this quarterback play, I don't know, I've never seen it before. This many, this many good quarterbacks in the league at the same time. What do you think about that? You Say that to me one more time. I was still doing math in my head. I, I, <laughs> I'm, get, I'm getting away from the bat. No, I got you. The, the great quarterback play yeah. that we as football fans enjoy week after week after week. Uh, Josh Allen is a warrior. Mahomes yeah. every so you, week. Yeah, you, you, so you're way. saying the quarterback play is better than ever before? Uh, so many great quarterbacks. Yeah, I, think um, so. I mean, they were talking earlier about the AFC. I mean, the AFC quarterbacks. And I agree. I mean, there's 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 ten or at least eight really 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 good quarterbacks yeah. and four or five great ones. I think well, I really do. Yeah, no, listen, I understand, Gary. Unfortunately, right now, I'd have to say that this year we saw some of the worst quarterback play we may have ever seen because we had so many injuries. But 
You know, I mean, there's a lot of great quarterbacks, no doubt. There's a lot of great quarterbacks. Um, and they tend to all be in the AFC. It's definitely more in the AFC, although Stafford played his ass off uh, in that game for the Rams. I, I, I like Staff. Actually, it's funny. I, I, Stafford won the Super Bowl. I still, I think I got more respect from him in that loss to the line. I thought he was brilliant in that game. He was thrown from all different angles. He did everything he could to try and win that football game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm mixed on the the quarterback play. I think I don't know how good it is. I don't know how good it is. There's the there's the top Lamar Jackson, Allen, um, obviously Patrick Mahomes, what we saw from Burrow, but then there's a lot of bad quarterback play. Like it's top heavy, and the rest is just you know. It's just, eh, eh. But the top of the cream of the top, yeah, the cream, uh, the cream of the crop that rise to the top, uh, yeah, they, they're legit, and they're great, and they're as good as anyone who's ever done it. Totally agree. They're, Patrick Mahomes is right there with anyone who's ever played the position. I mean, you could argue this one, that one. I was actually watching the documentary. I had something to do today uh, where I had some time to kill with my wife, and I was watching the Peacock Joe Montana documentary. And I didn't realize it was episodes. I watched the whole first episode thing. It's like an hour and 20 minutes. And I'm thinking this whole documentary is about Notre Dame. They did a whole jo- they did a whole Joe Montana documentary and didn't touch his pro career. I was like this is bizarre. And then I realized no, that's just episode 1. And it was like an hour and 20 minutes. I'm like good lord, this is some documentary and then I went and there's like five or six episodes. Joe Montana, that's some... I, I had no idea they had like a Last Dance type Joe Montana documentary out on Peacock. It was pretty good. The The first episode was pretty good. I had no idea he was such a good basketball player. And then obviously his the trials and tribulations and the miraculous come from behind victories after being put in the game uh, late multiple times and uh, never getting the starting position until later in his career, struggling through injuries. I didn't know anything about his college career other than it was at Notre Dame. And it, uh, they won the national championship one year, and then he uh, got drafted by the 49ers. So I learned a lot. 877-337-6666. Oh, I'm sure Eddie and Rockland's going to have a, a ball here with the two-point conversion. I can't wait for that call. Eddie, if I look over after we get back and you're not still sitting there, me and you are going to have a problem. 877-337-6666. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to take Eddie on on this two-point. Again, we'll go over the math in a little bit, Eight. It's, yeah, let Brett call and yell at me. I did. Uh, Giannotti played that call back on on the morning show. I do feel bad. I mean, but that's part of you know. It's good. Obviously, Brett, I'm I am very sympathetic. I'm sorry uh, about your mom. You know, I've I've lost I lost my father. I understand. It's miserable. It's a terrible time, and I wish you the best. But like, part of it is just getting along with life. Then we 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 said that. I meant it. I truly do mean it. And then we get yelling at each other because that's what we do. We put things behind us and we move on. And the best way to move on is to just get right back in the arena. And Brett and I yell at each other. And why should that stop now? 